Hello and welcome to the Life Tools podcast. In school, we learned history and algebra, foreign languages and chemistry, but nobody taught us tools for life. How do we deal with self-doubt? What are beliefs and how do they influence us? How do we find ourselves when we feel lost? And how do we make a healthy decision? Many people learn these things much later in life, after three, four, even five decades of existence, and often the hard way. For a few, like myself, I had to learn them very early. I created this podcast to share with you the tools that have helped me greatly in my own life. They're small actions anybody can take that bring big results over time. Let's get to it. Hi everyone, Happy New Year! I hope that despite the weird times, you were able to have a great celebration with friends and family over the holidays. I want to apologize for posting this episode one week late. I moved a lot during the Christmas break and was always around people, so it was impossible to record. But here we are, so let's get on with it. In the second episode, we looked at what quiet time is and how to create your own version of it. In this episode, we'll dig into why we need quiet time. On one level, quiet time is for relaxation or downtime. It rejuvenates us. This is the fun part, the part that's easy to love and to look forward to. And it's very important. We all need it regularly. But there's a second, less obvious purpose to quiet time. To connect to our intuition. There are different camps of people when it comes to intuition. So there are the believers who know what it is and use it in their lives. There's a camp that thinks intuition is an airy-fairy word, great in books and stories, but does not exist in real life, or at least has no real place in it. They put intuition in the same category as unicorns and fairies. And there's a third camp that thinks intuition does exist, but it's otherworldly and only a chosen few have access to it, like psychics or fortune tellers. And there's a camp that's kind of in between. They believe intuition does exist, it is real, but they don't know how to access it or to identify it. I used to be in this third camp. But whether you believe in intuition or not is not the most important thing at this point. We don't even have to call it by that name. In my opinion, our intuition often communicates to us through feelings. So it's the same whether I say feelings or intuition. Let's use the word feelings for the rest of this episode. This is a word that everyone acknowledges to be part of the human experience. The deeper purpose of quiet time is so that we can get in touch with our feelings. And I mention that it's less obvious because, from my experience, it comes later. First is the relaxation, the rejuvenation, the freedom to do whatever we want with our quiet time. Later on, once we have milked this first aspect of quiet time, comes the less comfortable part, confronting our feelings. Our feelings are always there, but we often don't pay attention or don't pay enough attention to them because we're listening to a hundred other voices. The voices of ads, of social media, of our family and friends, of society, of our culture's shoulds and should nots. Lots of people, for example, go to school, buy a car, get into a relationship, buy a certain brand of bag, or live in a certain type of house because it's what everyone else does. It's what people expect them to do. But they've never actually taken the time to ask themselves if it's what they really want, if it's what's meaningful for them. They just assume that if it's right for other people, then it must be right for them too. 
When we have quiet time and we are away from all these other voices, we hear our own voice, our own feelings more. I'll give you a real example from my own life to illustrate this. During the first lockdown in France, which began in March last year and lasted three months, my job was on pause and I had plenty of time to myself. Suddenly, I wasn't rushing from one task to another. My environment was also very quiet. There were no cars, no noisy parties in the neighborhood, no annoying motorcycles zooming by. I had time to think, to feel my feelings, to examine where I was in my life. Before this time, I had been feeling confused about whether to go fully into English teaching, meaning to invest more time, more energy, and more resources into building my career as an English teacher in France, or to build a new career working with children, which would mean building practically from zero. To date, I have 11 years of experience in English teaching and far fewer in childcare and child education. So on the surface, English teaching was the wiser, more logical choice. But suddenly, here I was, with all this quiet time to myself. It amplified all my feelings. Stripped of my distractions, my dissatisfaction about certain things could no longer be brushed off. But the opposite was also true. I was ten times clearer about what actually gave me joy. I realized, during this period, that though I love teaching language, and I think I will always love it, I missed working for the well-being of children far more. My feelings in the latter run far deeper. I'm okay not teaching language, I mean I could always teach something else, but I'm not okay not being with children. It was only when I had these long stretches of quiet time that I was able to get clear on this. And mind you, I'm someone who's already very introverted and already very much in touch with my internal world. Still, there was, and there still is much for me to discover. Quiet time brings clarity, and clarity is freedom. So many people feel an undercurrent of dissatisfaction in their lives, as if on the outside everything looks okay, even picture-perfect, but inside there's something missing, and they can't point a finger on what or why. This is a painful space to be in. I've been there, multiple times, and each time quiet time provided answers, sometimes in the form of a breadcrumb trail of clues, and other times in huge epiphanies. I know that my experience during this ongoing pandemic is not unique. A colleague of mine made the big decision to move out of Paris after realizing she really could not continue to live in the city. Other people are beginning to question their jobs and their relationships. It's uncomfortable for sure. But on the other side of discomfort is growth. Growth towards more joy, more authenticity, more fulfillment. We don't need a shock like a complete lockdown to force us to examine our lives. We don't want to be so far down the wrong path before we realize that we're on the wrong path. We should be regularly examining our lives, not just in the area of work, but also our friendships, our habits, our personal goals, our health. Little things add up to big things. Gaining 10 pounds or being in a toxic relationship are not things that happen overnight without warning. It starts out as half a pound, then another, then another. It starts out as a derogatory comment, a dismissive attitude, little lies here and there. So, to recap, if we committed to regular quiet time, we would be 1. rejuvenating ourselves, and 2. getting more in touch with our feelings and therefore our internal compass. The first is easy and fun, the second less so. But both are absolutely crucial if we want a life that is true to us.
So that's the why of quiet time. If you want to get in touch, I would really love to hear from you. You can email lifetoolspodcast at gmail.com to say hello or send in comments, questions, or suggestions. At the time of this recording, this podcast is available on Google and Spotify, but not yet on iTunes. I'm not a techie, but I assume Google Podcasts can be reviewed. <laughs> If this is the case and you found this or the previous episodes useful, I would really appreciate a positive review from you. I hear that's supposed to help the podcast get discovered by more people. Or if you know anyone who might benefit from these tools, please share the podcast with them. Till next time, bye! Bye!